Hi everyone, Jonathan Trowan here for another episode of Shared Humanity. Welcome. This is this is going to be a really cool episode because for the first time, we're going to have music together. Uh, Suzanne Yeda is here, also known as Little Spiral on the music side. Um, and, and there's a little bit of indie rock in there, pop, classical, roots, all kinds of stuff mixed together. And mm -hmm. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about self-love and some of her music uh, it delves into, into this world of self-love that we in, in Shared Humanity and the Self-Love Revolution embrace so much. So hello, Suzanne, mm -hmm. welcome. Hi, Jonathan, so good to be here, thank you. Um, so I was really excited when when um, Suzanne reached out. We actually connected in, in this group we're in together, and and you know, so I shared. You know, I talk a lot about self love, and she goes, "Oh, we have, I have songs about self love. Let's do this." So I want to hear. Um, you know, you know, you know I, I've heard a little bit. There's some musicians who are in, in the self love world, but I, I want to hear about. Uh, you don't hear about it that much, so I want to hear about mm -hmm. your journey. How how self love and music. Um, came to collide for you? Oh, that's a great question. So music to me is self-love. And if I didn't embrace it fully, I would be cutting off a part of myself. And it's it's kind of a struggle. So, you know, you, you, you grow up, you go to school, you earn your degree, you get a job, and then what? And that was kind of my path and I, um, went into the journalism industry for a number of years and it was great i had you know it was a, a a good job and i felt like i was doing important work and there was still something that was kind of tugging at my heart that um i was a musician and i wrote actually started as a poet and then decided to marry the the poetry with the the, the music and became a, a songwriter but I didn't self-identify as that until this remarkable, like, I guess, journey to self came about. So I was, uh, I'm kind of a tech geek and I was doing um, some web development work. And I come across this woman who is uh, a life coach and she needed a website. And uh, at first she was, you know, just paying me and I was building her her website and she said, could, could we talk about doing a trade? And I'm like, you know, my life is fine. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, let, let, let's see. Let's just see. Would you be open to doing a trade? And and I said, well, after after getting to know her and really liking her style, I was, I was actually more more curious than anything. So I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm open to it. Let's let's do like a month. Uh, and that month turned into a year. <laughs> of working with her. Her name is Jan McLean. She's amazing out here in the San Francisco Bay Area. And through work with her, um, I come to realize how much of a deep part music had been. And at the point that I was working with her, I don't think I listened to music for about four or five years. Um, one, because I was, you know, busy doing work. Before that, I was a huge music nerd. I would listen to everything. I was a big fan of, like, 
Tori Amos and Radiohead and all the kind of indie nerd rock stuff. I would devour it. And something over the years just let that follow. And um, it, when when she was working with me, I realized how much I loved music and how much a previous relationship that I had cut that off for me. And, mm. and it was through work with her that I realized how toxic that relationship was, how much I gave that person the love that I didn't give to myself. And sh I showed that by cutting off music. So when you wow. ask- so I, I, I wanna pause for a minute because everyone okay. that's listening, I really want you to hear that um, because so often we don't really know what's happening to ourselves. And we don't know that this thing that happened last week, last year, five years ago, we don't really know the impact that it had on us until it kind of gets uncovered. So that, that's really a powerful story that, that you were, you had this toxic relationship and it, it was even over. Some people, you know, learned they're in a toxic relationship, but it was actually over. It wasn't until much later that you learned you had been in a toxic relationship. Exactly. Exactly. It took me years for me to call it toxic. It took me years for me to even utter the word emotional abuse. Mm. And when that happened and the, the litmus test of emotional abuse, how I realized how it was, was because I wouldn't sing around him. I wouldn't listen to music around him. He didn't like anything that I liked. He uh, was jealous of my talents. He didn't support all this stuff. Da, 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 da. And I thought that that was my first major relationship. I thought that was normal. Mm. And it was not. And so, yeah, it was it, like when you asked me, like, self-love and music journey, it just like that there for me, there is no separation because the music was the litmus test to how much do I center music in my life is how much do I love myself? Wow. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious then. So you said you're, you're going to give this thing an experiment. You're going to talk to this woman, give it a month experiment. Yeah. And then the month turned into a year. What happened in that month that you knew there were deeper places to explore for you? Oh, yeah, because it wasn't just the first month that we started talking about the music journey. It was just more like um, general life path stuff. And I'm like, you know, I like being an, a computer geek and um, being an online social media web kind of person. I think it's it. Her style was asking me the questions and having me figure it out. She just guided me like, oh, okay. Is that what you want to do with your life? Yeah, there's no problem. Like, that's great. Okay. Is that what you want to do with your life? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's with the third degree? <laughs> but she saw something in me that I couldn't see. And so after uh, I think the first three or four sessions when she, she asked, can we, you know, can we keep doing this? I'm like, I think the hint was I felt like I actually had been going it alone and, and kind of making my own decisions along this, this life path and didn't have really anybody to see through my own bullcrap. 
and she was the first person who like really guided me through it and i i didn't i didn't know what i didn't know but it was it was the curiosity and it was her approach of there was no judgment whatsoever and there is an insistence like you know if if that's really truly your path why why don't i hear that spark of joy when you talk about building websites for people the old spark <laughs> of joy yeah. yeah yeah that's that's the so, other litmus test <laughs> yeah if you're not having joy at least it doesn't have to be every moment of every day but at least on a regular basis um something to look into something yeah. to look into what do you need yeah. to spark your joy yeah exactly and i i could um offer you uh a, a song along that journey i wasn't originally going to sing this but it i think this song talks about a, a bit of that toxic relationship and and re represents the turning point from you know being in this relationship and then realizing oh wait hold on so um this song is called the forsaken lovers um didn't originally plan to um, talk about that but actually it fits really well into the, the conversation we're having so I'm gonna adjust my mic here all right I'm gonna mute myself so you can have the floor when the song's over uh, I'm gonna get great all right um, just doing a quick you can hear the piano okay sounds So this is called The Forsaken Lovers. I didn't plan this. You're not the enemy. Not like I want you to be. But I can't stand this. What you want? Because I got a little sanity. I use when I'm not It takes the breath out of me How you could be so out of touch with reality One day it will be irreparable But today Losing you's unbearable Now I'm under your porch light Has it been 30 days since the day we became the forsaken lovers? Now we're both up at midnight Trying not to forget all the ways we forgot How to treat each other How to treat each other Will you wipe your conscience clean? You're better at a distance. Is this resistance a challenge that I can't even see? I'm not the codependent you can depend on. What reason do I have to stay anyway? Turn away like a moth to your porch light. Has it been 30 days since the day we became the forsaken lovers? Now we're both up at midnight, trying not to. 
did all the ways we forgot how to treat each other now i'm on your porch light has it been 30 days since the day we became forsaken lovers something is not right something is not Just a rush You say it's forgiveness What if it's sabotage? Could be it's sabotage Porch light. Something is not right. Something is not right. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for the sharing of, of your heart there. Yeah, it, it it took going through that kind of stuff for me to come out on the other side of it. And it's a really important part of that, that journey, realizing something is not right. Yeah, you got to go through the muck first. People think all of a sudden, you know, oh, those people love themselves or those people are in joy and, and they, they just somehow either have something different. No, no, we, no. we kind of got to go through the muck first and sometimes stay in mm -hmm. part of it for a little while there's still muck around we don't we just don't um you know no no mud no lotus you know the phrase so yes. the mud's exactly. got to be there exactly wow. mm -hmm. yeah. so um you said you were you wrote first you were poet first and then the music came mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. during this time of relationship or coming out of a relationship, like what? When did the writing? I know the music got turned off, and then the music came, came back, or yeah, or into your life. Mm -hmm. When did the writing uh, become a part of it? Yeah. So, um, as a teenager, I, um, you know, the reason I got into the journalism industry was because of the writing. So, um, I, I, you know, went through high school journalism, was on the school paper, it was like um, all, all of that. Uh, combined with the fact that my my father ran a few print shops in the central valley of california and um i had access to that 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 publishing vibe you know um just getting the, the word out and because i had access to you know photocopiers um i made my own little zines and i published my own little chat books and wrote poetry and wrote little short stories and things like that just photocopied it and left it all over town really and um 
so that as I was developing that and writing that I recognized that some of my poems would rhyme and would have some meter and would have some musicality to it um I'd been taking piano lessons since I was like eight but it wasn't until I was a teenager that I started meshing the two and even as a teenager um I'd only write songs maybe once a year you know it would just occasionally pop out and there it is um and so that was a good you know wrote my first song at 18 um then I got to into this relationship at 25 so from 18 to 25 I'm like a handful of songs um and and the relationship you know it was what it was it was like three three years of just the relationship and then several years after it I'm, I'm 40 now so you can do math um there's there's some several years after that that um i realized how much i cut myself off from myself and was busy with fraudulent love what what i thought was love was more about control and learning that you know somebody loved you they would at least want to support the things that mean something to you they don't have to like like it or you know join with you in that journey but to actively shut me down um really it, um what was difficult so yeah it was before before then i would probably write songs like once a year and then through the work with with my life coach i finally got back to dusting off some of my old poetry books putting some of that to music and um from there just the floodgates opened and it was more than just writing a bunch of songs it was having the bravery to put musician on, as an official title on a business card like a, a, a figurative business card but like as a job title and it wasn't only it, it was 2013 20, 2014 officially when the um, Little Spiral Project was born. Mm. So what does self-love mean to you? Self-love means respect and care. It also means boundaries, knowing knowing what what doesn't serve the respect and care for self um self-love means giving from abundance not lack um it means that you know self-love to me means that i am vital in my happiness and uh, fulfillment is vital to um, contributing to a better world. Because um, I have to kind of, I think a lot of us um, feel like we're like selflessness is like the the mo it's like the, the giving and generosity and I love giving and I love generosity. And are you doing it from people pleasing somebody else? Or are you doing it because you genuinely want 
to give. And that's why I mean, like self-love is, is giving from abundance, not lack. Um, like I can give from the overflow. Giving to give, not giving to get. Exactly. Exactly. So, and that's a sign. That's another litmus test of like, if I'm aligned with self-love, if I am giving to give, it means I'm not insecure enough. Like it, it means that I'm, I'm secure enough to um, know that if somebody rejects it or if I don't get back, that I am okay. I, I'm doing it because I want to and my heart's open and that's what I do. Um, yeah. And it also breeds into confidence. Like um, I am, a, you know, a, I am a, what do you call it? Certain people call it a plus size woman is one way to call it. Fat woman is another way to call it. I, I don't mind any of them. But um, that also ties in a whole lot into self-love. Like, can I love myself? Can I be comfortable? Can I, can I still live a life if there's segments of society that think that I'm awful and horrible for for letting myself go even though i've always been kind of bigger so um that that also deals with directly with self-love it is kind of my survival mechanism still holding my head up high like whether or not i'm 100 pounds lighter or whether or not i'm not like um what what people think that i should be in order to be healthy um so that's a big part of it and the the body positivity movement is a, a big part of my life as well and the reason why i do um music I, I don't have to wait until i'm this shape and size and perfect vision of what other people project on me in order to live my life and sing my songs yeah that's so powerful because most people put on the armor and they say that's their survival mechanism, but you've reversed it. You said, mm -hmm. no, my survival mechanism is self-love. Mm -hmm. So powerful. Mm -hmm. Can you share yeah. another song with us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, speaking of um, body positivity, there's a dancer named Eric Kavanaugh, who is a plus size, like, um, modern dancer. And he does like plies and splits in the air. And he's amazing. Uh, we had tried to collaborate earlier to do a video for this song, uh, which is called Redefining Perfect. And um, it's not available yet on Spotify. I have a few songs on Spotify and, and things like that. This is only available through my website, which I'll give you the, the link. But um, this song um, is, is one of the songs that after my shows, people come up to me with like tears and stories that's how i know that this song really um speaks to people but it's called redefining perfect and it was written with people who just struggle with their self-image and, and mirror you know have a little argument with the mirror every morning um with with them in mind so here it is Michael situated here.
and to break You tell them You made no mistake And though you have broken Thank you for that. Thank you. So you mentioned body positivity and, and that's obviously a part of the song there. Um, mm -hmm. Is self-love a requirement of body positivity? 
vice versa, body positive for self-love? Are they, mm. are they separate? Are they connected? How do these work together? Great question. Cause my initial, you know, the initial instinct is to say, oh yeah, of course. And, uh, um, cause it's such a journey, you know, I can't, pretend that I am body positive 100% of the time. It's not sunshine and rainbows 100% of the time. Uh, I can still have self love if I am not like in again, it's sunshine and rainbows, like, there's still a sun if there are clouds, sometimes I have clouds, sometimes there's like weather patterns that help that that um, block my own self-love from me doesn't mean it's not there it just is i've got some days that i can't really see it clearly so i do think like body positivity self-love um i, I think they, they absolutely go hand in hand but is it a hundred can, can you be body positive without having access to self-love yes um ultimately at the root I, I do think that they are the same but i think we all go through ups and downs in things um and you know like i said i think that the root of it i i feel like there's always a sun shining whether or not there are clouds in front of it whether or not it's raining there's always a sun but um sometimes we lose that perspective so ultimately the answer is yes but um so, a lot of so times for you well, for you what was the path was it you learned about mm -hmm. self-love and started practicing self-love self-love and then began to embrace your body or did you learn how to embrace your body and then that began to transfer into greater things um that we mm -hmm. might call self-love that's a good question i think i think there was a degree of awareness um, before I could really confidently say that I loved myself. I could confidently say that I'm not the worst person in the world. Um, I could point to other people <laughs> and go, you're the worst person in the world. But I couldn't, I, I, I guess I'm maybe lucky in that I never had that feeling of I am the worst, worst person in the world. I might have been the second or third worst person in the world, uh, in my opinion, but never was like rock bottom. And I, I know I have some friends who suffer from depression, anxiety, who really, truly, honestly believe they are the worst person in the world. And that's like not, not true. Um, so for me, um, I had to accept the fact that this was my body and I could, you know, change it, I could go on diets, I could do the exercise, and then it would just, you know, invariably come back and I'd beat myself up for not having discipline or not liking myself enough to, to be healthy enough to da, 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 just this lack, this not enough, not enough, not enough. So I do think that the experience of being in this body um has pointed me to a self-love that i didn't know could happen uh, not not everybody has that journey but i i i do feel um so there's 
this is also entwined in this, you know, this toxic relationship. I definitely stayed in that toxic relationship because I was afraid that nobody else would be attracted to me. And gaining the strength to leave that relationship was the ultimate act of, of self-love, knowing that I am lovable, knowing that I didn't deserve to be treated like that. And finally realizing that I was being treated like that and, and need to stand up for myself. So that, that was an act that came before the feeling of self-love. I did an act of self-love by ending the relationship. And the feeling of self-love didn't come until years later when I went on my I went on my first meditation retreat it was a four-day silent meditation retreat and I by day end of day one was like sobbing like a baby because I had all this unprocessed stuff that I hadn't properly addressed in me and by the end of that retreat I remember the first feeling of going home in my cottage coming up to like my my comfy chair just lighting a candle and just holding myself like a baby. And just, that was the first time I felt it a hundred percent. But there have been acts of self-love and self-preservation as well. Like self-preservation is an act of self-love um, before I could feel it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. So with your music, would you say, and, and, and the writing, the poetry and, and the music side, yeah. is do you do it for yourself as, as an act of catharsis or, or processing, mm -hmm. or do you, or is it to share with other people so they can have whatever experience it is they might have? Yeah, it at first was an act of catharsis, um, but once, I stepped into the role and the job title of musician and songwriter, it absolutely became like, this is not only for me, but to liberate other people, um, to get them in touch with that, again, that, that self-love, the questions, the answers that's already in them. Both my life coach and the, that meditation retreat allowed me to find the answers in myself rather than seeking them outside. So what I want to see in my music, and this happens with music all the time, is something might land in your ears, you might receive it in one way, and it might be like, I don't know, a catchy pop tune, you bop along to it. And then on repeat listens, you go, oh, that's what that meant. Oh, that lyric, I didn't even hear that before. Oh, and then all of a sudden, like, I'm finding my own answers in these lyrics and these this music um, that I might not have found before. Um, so somebody might have heard a song like Redefining Perfect and like, oh, that's pretty. She has a pretty voice. Okay, cool. But unless it's hitting them in a certain way, in a, in a way that they, they need to, I'm putting myself out there so that people can find their own journey in it. Uh, I'm not dictating the journey for them. And music is never dictated journeys for, for for me it's just shown me what is possible and it's shown me like i'm not alone and for for me like the act of the, the music being for myself i do write music to please myself if i didn't then i would 
might as well go back to building websites for other people. You know, I could build songs for other people. And I do, I do like work on commissions occasionally, but um, it's still something that I, I use as a self-expression tool and leave it open for others to find themselves in it however they want if that makes any sense it all makes sense it all makes sense can you give us one last song can you give us one more absolutely absolutely so this one i wrote um in the pandemic uh it's a pretty recent one so if i forget any of the words i apologize (laughs) in advance but um i wanted to so I, I consider myself somewhat of a spiritual person, but I also um, have days, months, years where I'm pretty much not. I'm, I'm, it, um, and I wanted to write something that was like, a, it was like prayer-like, but, but um, some of my atheist friends could connect to as well. I have other spiritual, like more, more spiritual songs, but this one I, I wanted to bring it back to the self, the self-love, the self-care, um, bringing, bringing out some of the metaphors that have helped me, um, through my work, you know, through my inner work, all the inner stuff that I, I work on. So this one is called Above All Else. And, um, I keep having to adjust this mic and it's all squeaky, but here we go. side all right may your darkest secret show some grace when you show up with the light may you remember your blessings from the top of your head may you mean every word you said and above all else may you going to remember the lyric in a second. <laughs> That's what it is. May your inner demons be just a frightened inner child that needs affection. May the scariest unknown turn out so well you couldn't have perfection may your hiding places be safe and warm may a thousand flowers bloom after the storm and above all else may you love one another and when the day comes needing to protect something you adore may your anger be righteous it's so set on kindness you remember what you're fighting for may your visions never 
dawn on you how beautiful you That was amazing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it started off about feelings and, and, and feeling, and it's just fun because that, that's, you know, how people have their words of the year. So my word of the year is feel. Oh. Just feel it all, the good, the ick, all of it. So I, mm -hmm. I really related to that. Yeah, may you feel all your feelings and come out on the other side all right. Yeah. May your darkest secret show some grace when you show up with the light. Yep. Mm. Yep. Well, I am feeling lighter and brighter. Thank you so, so much for, for sharing um, your heart and your music and your words with us. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much. And if you want to um, get in touch, um, I have a free EP that's available at freemusic.com littlespiral.com um, it has the song redefining perfect i uh, am still working on the forsaken lovers and and you know this last song was so brand new um it might be in uh, an album or two in the future <laughs> so um that's the best way to get on my email list and get in touch and um, i would love to just send you a whole bunch of music awesome so yeah and we'll have the links um somewhere on the page i think below but depending how <laughs> wherever yeah. you see this um but the links will be there Su suzanne yeda oh thank you so much everybody watching listening thank you so much and remember you are perfect if we redefine perfect in the way mm -hmm. that it's supposed to be exactly. and remember you are loved thank you so much love you all <laughs>